मोटमाद पॉडकास्ट हाय माय नेम इज पल्लवी प्रताप एंड वेलकम टू लॉ सिंप्लीफाइड फ्रॉम मोटरमाउथ पॉडकास्ट्स द आइडिया ऑफ दिस पॉडकास्ट इज टू सिंप्लीफाई लॉ फॉर यू सो दैट यू कैन अप्लाई लॉ एंड अंडरस्टैंड इट बेटर वी हैव डिस्कस्ड सो फार ऑन वेरियस एस्पेक्ट्स ऑफ मैट्रिमोनियल लॉज इन इंडिया एंड इन दिस एपिसोड आई डिस्कस द लॉ रिलेटिंग टू रेस्टिट्यूशन ऑफ कॉन्जुगल राइट्स even though marriages in india are considered more of a religious alliance between a man and a woman and not a contract while exercising certain rights or obligations which arise out of marriage it definitely takes up the nature of a contract the term conjugal simply refers to matrimonial that is the relationship between the married couples hence Conjugal rights are referred to as the rights arising out of a marriage between two persons. Now these rights are purely based on the premise that from the date of entering into the wedlock both the spouses are equally entitled to each other's society, to each other's comfort and consortium of one another. Each spouse is to provide conjugal company to the other spouse. and not to withdraw from the society of the other without a reasonable cause or excuse if one spouse is not providing conjugal company to the other spouse without a cause the other spouse will be naturally an aggrieved party in order to provide a relief and to restore the cohabitation between the couple the matrimonial remedy for restitution of conjugal rights have been provided for under different personal laws in india now the concept of restitution of conjugal rights has no roots in the indian history forcing of either spouse to cohabit with the other was neither recognized in the hindu textbooks nor has it ever been admitted by any muslim sharia law anywhere Hindu sages believed in mutual fidelity of the spouses however never supported the view of compelling either of the spouse to stay with each other The concept was introduced to India only during the British Raj when the remedy was made available to all irrespective of their religion by way of the British Indian courts then Restitution of conjugal rights has its roots in feudal England where marriage was deemed as a property deal and wife was considered as a part of man's possession something like you know other chattels therefore the british indian courts assumed wide discretion to grant the relief of restitution of conjugal rights on the basis of general principles of law and circumstances of each case so if the courts did not find any reasonable cause for spouse to desert the other spouse who was there they would simply grant the relief of restitution of conjugal right to the aggrieved party now let us examine the provisions which were there under personal laws from the beginning now christian law is primarily governed by the indian divorce act of 1869 which provides the remedy of restitution of conjugal rights under section 32 and 33 This act can be regarded as to have laid down the very foundation of the remedy having been enacted in 1869.
Let us examine what does the Muslim law really say about restitution of conjugal right. And as a remedy, it has never been codified under any of the Muslim personal laws. However, it is still available under the general law. It must also be noted that a marriage under the Muslim personal law is in nature of civil contract and therefore suit for restitution of conjugal rights in a civil suit within the meaning of section 9 of the Code of Civil Procedure 1908 can survive. If we look at the Parsi law, section 36 of the Parsi Marriage and Divorce Act 1936 incorporates the remedy of RCR that is restitution of conjugal right which is provided to both husband and wife. Now coming to the Hindu law. Under the Hindu law, the provision for restitution of conjugal right was codified for the first time under the Hindu Marriage Act of 1955, specifically under section 9. As per section 9, if either of the spouses withdraws themselves from the society of the other without reasonable excuse, the other party which is aggrieved has a legal right of filing a petition demanding for the restitution of conjugal rights. Now let us examine the provisions of the Special Marriage Act. Section 22 of the Special Marriage Act 1954 also incorporates the remedy and is completely identical to the provision of the Hindu Marriage Act, both the legislations having been codified at the same time. Now let us examine the essential conditions for granting of decree of restitution of conjugal rights. Is it like more or less the same as far as um, personal laws in India are concerned or are they different? Primarily, if you look at it, they are all the same. The first being withdrawal of society by either of the spouse from each other. Second could be such withdrawal must be without any reasonable cause or ground. Third is that there should be no other legal ground for refusal of such relief. And fourth is that the court must be satisfied about the truth of statements made in the petition seeking restitution of conjugal rights. Now where the question as to whether there was a reasonable cause or an excuse for withdrawal from the society is concerned, the burden of proving reasonable cause shall be on the respondent. The primary onus of proving withdrawal from the society of the spouse is upon the petitioner. Even upon the passing of decree for restitution of conjugal rights, unlike a suit for specific performance, the courts cannot force the erring spouse to consummate the marriage. So reference, you know, here can be drawn from the proverb that you can lead an unwilling horse to the water, but you can never force the horse to drink, which explains the problem with creating a remedy such as restitution of conjugal rights. However, Code of Civil Procedure has provided a yet more barbaric provision for attachment of property. So under Order 21, Rule 32 and 33, the court has discretion to enforce the decree of restitution of conjugal right by attachment of property of the erring spouse if the erring spouse does not comply with the decree so granted to the aggrieved spouse. So the rule says that where the party against whom a decree for restitution of conjugal rights has been passed then they have an opportunity of obeying the decree and if they willfully fail to obey the decree may be enforced by the attachment of this person's property now if the party still does not comply with the decree the aggrieved person has no other remedy other than seeking divorce on the ground of desertion from their spouse
So in conclusion the provisions of restitution of conjugal rights seems to have an unwarranted intrusion into the personal life of an individual It is one of the colonial legacies which has taken a shape of law by the legislature and is in a way treating individuals as chattel of their spouse It is also interesting to note that this colonial legacy has already been abolished in the English law itself as early as 1970s However, in India, it has not been repealed from the personal laws in India. The remedy of restitution of conjugal right is not serving any useful purpose to the society. Rather, it has become an engine of oppression and is nothing more than a classic example of excessive intervention by the state into one's personal life. The remedy may compel spouses to stay together. However, it cannot ensure protection of relationship between the married couple. I hope you liked today's episode and thanks for listening to this episode of Law Simplified. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Our handle is @motormouthpods. Check out more episodes of this show and other Motormouth originals on our website motormouthpods.com. This episode was written and hosted by me, Pallavi Pratap. Sound design and mixing by Pratik Sharma, and our creative director is Gargi Sharma. Executive produced and created by Pratik Sharma for Motormouth Podcasts. Motormouth Podcasts.